Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Tea with Timsey and today I'm having a lovely cup of tea with the one and only Els the Witch. Els, Hello. welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm enjoying the tea. Thank you. I went for ginger and lemon. Yeah, ginger and lemon, good choice. It makes me feel healthy. It does. Some, some do. The herbal ones, mm. oh, that's why I've gone with the peppermint. Yeah, so. I told you before we were filming that it's good for the belly. Yeah, she thinks, she thinks I'm bloated. Maybe you've got an upset stomach or something. I don't know. I promise I'm not bloated. Okay. I just I just feel it's peppermint day today. So. so my Instagram actually trolled me about my teas because I used to have four, in a breakfast tea, I would have four sugars. What? Yeah. And I've, I was really proud of myself because I got it down to two. So I did a story about it, but I was like heaping Hells. the sugar and everyone was like, that's more or less four because you're heaping the sugar. That's, wait, did you go white or brown sugar? White sugar. Okay. That's even worse. I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey, you have your tea however you want. As the, long as you put the milk in is, afterwards. Yeah. Not before, because that's rancid. Yeah. Anyway, that's the start of the show. How are you? You good? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Um, you're really busy at the moment. I am. Like, really busy. I like being busy, though. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? When I'm not busy, this is where my downfall is. So, you know... Me too. We're all, like, all of us in this kind of business. Mm. Your schedule's unpredictable, but I like it when it's busy. As soon as I have a day off... I don't know what to do with myself. By the way, in the background, if you do hear some birds, they are bit. chirping because they're upstairs. Um, so we thought we'd add a bit of nature to season two, birds and some plants. So if you don't know, obviously Elle's YouTuber, big YouTuber, but also presenter on TV, online, and also radio host now. Yeah. So we'll start with um, YouTube primarily. What, are you, what do you think you're like known for on YouTube? Gaming, really? Gaming, I yeah. guess. It's always been like your So your the gaming... Thing was the reason I started YouTube. So when I quit my job, like that's gonna be nearly four years, which has gone really quickly. Mm. Um, I didn't know what to do. I actually got a radio show first on Rinse FM. Oh, Rinse? Rinse yeah. FM. So I was still working full time for IBM at the time. And um, Genius who like founded Rinse FM, he just found me on Instagram. And at the that's time sick. I was really active on my stories. like just being myself, like uh -huh. complaining about everything. Cause yeah. that's just me. Those birds are really going for they it. They are really yeah. going for it. It's fine. It's fine. Sure. Maybe they're excited about yeah, my story. Yeah, it's like um, And he just found me and he was like, you're quite funny. Like mm. when, you, when you get angry for some reason, it's funny, which is the most annoying thing. Cause my mum even tells me that. And he was like, you're not ready yet, but I'm going to come back in six months time and we'll have a conversation. I was like, okay, cool. Sick. I didn't, I, this is when I was still working. And then, um, six months later, he was like, I want you to come in for a meeting to talk about maybe you having your own radio show. And I was like, right, I've never presented before. Like, this I've never done anything. To that. This is just from me being on Instagram talking with like... How, how many I followers did you have then? I think I Obviously had... it doesn't matter, but like... I how had big were over 10,000 because okay. some of my friends did music yeah. and were influencers. So but it wasn't I, like not... It, was, it wasn't like you were a massive personality on instagram and that's what made them it was kind no of, it was quite I think early on i was just in kind of in the industry i guess because i would go to mm. parties and things like that with my friends um so maybe just probably found me that way but okay. i was just putting content out and not thinking anything of it because i was working full time like i didn't think i was just like oh, that's just my hobby yeah but i'd made a conscious effort when i started my full-time job to change my Instagram name. It used to be called Witch's Picks. So no one actually knew my name even like now. Okay. Then I rebranded it to Els the Witch. So back then I was just like, what's your name? I was like, oh, Els. Yeah. And then I just eventually transitioned to Els the Witch. God, you rebranded early on. Before rebranding was even a term. 
I know. I was like, I'm going to rebrand to Elle's I wanted all my socials to be the same, so they're yeah, all nice. Elle's the Witch. Are they? They are. Nice. Mine too. Everything. Mine's all Michael Thames. Love that. Yeah, it's Consistency. Great. Yeah, exactly. That's it's what you easy. get with us. So when did you actually quit? And what made you decide to quit, I guess? Because it is a risk, isn't it? Yeah. So I quit. It would be it would be four month, four years in April this year. So you were at IBM. When was Addy? Was you working for Addy after IBM or before? When I was at uni. So my uni course was four years. Okay. So we did two years just normal uni. Yeah. The third year is in industry. So you, okay. you went and worked for a company. Yeah. And I actually um, applied for like student placements, they're called, nice. at Microsoft and also Adidas. Microsoft because of gaming? Microsoft because or... my degree was in IT. So my degree is oh, in okay, IT, okay, okay, okay. management and business. And I thought, obviously, Microsoft's like one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. You'd probably want to go there. And I got through to the last stage. And then I got off with the Adidas role because nice. I, I found that and I was like, I love sport. Yeah. Like this isn't technically the best company for my degree, yeah. but it's something that I enjoy. Yeah. And then I got offered the Adidas job and I took it because I was just like, I'd rather go for something I enjoy. So I was working there in like 2012 because the Olympics were on. I remember and Adidas Sick. were the main sponsor. Yeah. So we got anyone who worked at Adidas at the time could come down to London and they had this athlete lounge on top of Westfield mm. so I took my parents and they're like all the athletes just chilling you got to like just walk they were just playing PlayStation we could just walk through sick. it was sick um so yeah Adidas was a while ago nice. and then when I graduated that's when you did IBM yeah so when my final year of uni it's weird on my my dissertation I did mm. a dissertation on how companies can use social media to like blow up basically yeah yeah on Twitter. So I worked with Adidas to do that. I used some of their data from the Olympics and okay. I just wrote my whole thesis on it. Nice. And I was presenting it because part of my degree you had to present to employers and IBM Ooh. were in, I know, scary. IBM were in the crowd. And after they kind of like pulled me aside and were like, have you ever thought about applying for us? And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. Cause they didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, me neither. Cause even, I think even back then I knew that I didn't want to work in IT, but no. I just kind of went along with it. Cause obviously I needed a job. Yeah. So eventually, yeah, I just went and worked there. They think they helped me through the application process because they kind of knew that they wanted me to work there. So you were presenting before you were even presenting? I think IBM. that's where a lot, that's what I say to people. I think a lot of my confidence, I guess, comes from doing all these business presentations. Because yeah, at IBM, my clients were, so my industry that I was in was finance. Like I wasn't, mm. I wasn't doing finance, but the banks were my clients. Okay. So I think the, the scariness of going into like a room full of middle-aged like bankers yeah. and as a 23 year old girl, yeah. like woman, I suppose, yeah. it was quite daunting. So I just did that. And I, and now I think when I'm presenting, I'm like, if I can do that, then I can yeah, true. do this. Yeah. I think it gave me a lot of experience. So like your whole adult life is like, immersing yourself in a very like male dominated mm. like traditionally speaking anyway yeah like area of business so obviously went from ibm i mean even addy i guess even though obviously even my degree was and your degree yeah there was a few girls but it was mainly yeah. guys as well and then suddenly going into youtube i guess youtube's a, a mix anyway youtube's a mix but there is football presenting oh yeah massively male dominated for some reason even when i was so i remember being in year four or five and there was this driving game on the computers in it and I, we taxi? would all play I can't, it wasn't taxi, okay, taxi but was I, this was this was like 19 late 90s so it's like an old old oh God, game that's, no, that's before like gran turismo yeah it's before that so it was like a really Man. like pixelated driving game 
anyway, so we would all play it and we'd all race against each other. And I remember when I won, all the boys would be like, you're a girl. Why are you good at this? Like they were all <laughs> so confused. Crazy. And I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I just enjoy it. Like, and I'm yeah, okay wow. at it. So I think that was the, that was the start of it all. Yeah. And I used to actually, this is bad. I used to be in Ipswich Cham football training. I was the only girl, okay. and I used to get really annoyed because we were playing. I wasn't very good. Like I didn't. But know, you were really playing. Know. I was there. Yeah. But I was one of the only girls. It was me and my friend. We were the only two girls. And training with the boys. Training with the boys. Okay. Uh, but they wouldn't pass me the ball because I don't know if it was. I I I can't say this for fact. Yeah. But. It was either because I was a girl or because I was bad. I'm guessing it's a mixture of both. Yeah, probably. So me, like, I get angry easily, don't okay. I? So instead of just being a normal person, I would go around and pinch them. If they didn't pass me, I was like, passing the ball. Pinch them and I would obviously get sent off. And that was That's the end mad. of- what, How old were you? Eight or nine. Getting sent off. Yeah. Wow. Getting sent eight. off for pinching people. Always had the temper. And that was the end of my football career. Okay. Until, <laughs> you, actually, until you actually started presenting. It. Yeah, exactly. Did you leave your job to pursue YouTube? I left my job to do the radio show on Renz. Okay. So uh, do you know what it was? Is I wouldn't say I had low self confidence. I had really high self-confidence in what I was doing in my job. So I, I knew that okay. I was a good employee. For being, your, like, for being competent and professional. And just being, and yeah, yeah my, I, I just know I work hard and mm. I had a good degree and things like that. And I was good at what I did, but I just felt like I wasn't getting opportunities because I was young mm -hmm. and I knew that I was capable of more, but yeah. I wasn't being given it because just the way the, the way it corporate is, ladder so. works. So when I got the radio show, I was like, maybe this is what I needed to take a leap of faith because I feel like throughout my life up until that point, I'd followed the rule book yeah. in terms of, I went to boarding school when I was 11. Okay. Um, and then the thing, you, you did your A-levels, you went to uni, yeah. you got the nine to five. Got and the I corporate think, job. Yeah, yeah, it was like, the, it was always like, get good A-levels, get a good degree, get a mm. good job. And then I just got there and I was like, is this every, is this my life now? Yeah, and yeah. I just couldn't, I'm not the type, I'm just never yeah. settled. So, okay. I just, I quit. I was 26, 25 at the That's time. That's really brave. And I had like a company car, really good salary. Yeah. And I had to call my parents up who like have worked their asses yeah. off to like put me in a good school mm. and put me in uni and stuff and say, oh, I'm quitting my job, which didn't go down great. But but did they trust you? Because you must have said, I'm guessing you said like, I'm quitting, but I do have a plan. I didn't really have a plan it. though. Okay, maybe not then. But <laughs> so I had the radio show yeah. but that, that had given me a sort of inkling, like a... a Oh, I don't know. I'm really bad at phrases, but like I quoted Spider-Man on the BBC. Like, this Please tell me <laughs> with great respect. Did you say with great respect? Oh, owls. And I didn't even realise. Mum. And I put it on Instagram and someone was like, are you really quoting Spider-Man? I didn't realise. Anyway, so I'm bad with phrases, but it was like a, um, a seed of hope. Okay, 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 okay. That's maybe I had something else to give okay. the world other nice. than what I was currently doing. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to quit. I had been saving a little bit. Okay. Um, but it was more like you wanted to give yourself a chance at trying something new and yeah, different and exciting. Just and that happened to Take a the, leap of faith yeah. and hope you fly. Radio. Did you enjoy radio at that time? I really enjoyed it. So I, when I quit, I started the radio like the next week. And my show was, I didn't play music. It was like an hour just talking. Oh, chat show. So it was kind of like a podcast, I guess, nice. but on radio. I would have two or three guests each week and mm. we'd focus on different industries like food or music mm -hmm. or it was really fun and I got to meet a lot of people from doing that and I guess by doing that it it gave me a bit of confidence 
that oh maybe I do want to do presenting I've never done this before but yeah. for some reason people connect with me and I don't know why so I was like okay maybe I want to do presenting but everyone wants to do presenting how yeah. can I be different mm. so I was playing around with ideas for ages at one point I was trying to do the Instagram influencer live which I commend anyone that does you know like the fashion bloggers and yeah things. it's just I, not for me it's not for me I and it made me it. really respect them because it's soul draining trying yeah. to like get a good photo and being judged purely on what you look like yeah. and I could not do it yeah. because where I've gone from working in a corporate environment where you're judged on your capability and how intelligent you are and how hard working mm. to being judged on how you look yeah, I couldn't do looks. it yeah so I was like, what have I always loved doing? I was trying to think and gaming from when I was eight years old. Yeah. Me and my sister just loved video games. Yeah, fair. But I kind of pushed it back to the back of my mind because whenever I used to tell people, be that my, my friends that were girls or guys, they'd mm. be like, either you don't look like you'd be into gaming yeah. or... Also, it's not a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't... Well, yeah, four years ago, it kind of was a job. But when I was younger, it yeah, wasn't a that, job. Of course, yeah. And also, I think the whole narrative is, when I was younger anyway, was our uh, gaming, you sat in your basement in a dark yeah, you're room. A you're a loser. Mm. And that's what I felt like. So I just stopped telling people that I was into gaming. Mm. And I was like, no, actually, maybe it is a way forward. So yeah. I just went on Google and I was like, top 10 female gamers in the UK. I really yeah, and there scoped was, out the competition. I did. So I was looking for a gap in the market because obviously I'm business minded, like my degrees yeah. in all of that. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to think of a clever mm. way to do that. Mm. And there's so many incredible females that do gaming in the UK, but there wasn't one that was sort of like a commercial high level. Mm -hmm. Like most of them are specific in one game. Okay. Um, Whereas I think that I'm just like, I love gaming. I'm yeah. not great at it and I'm not great at any one particular game, yeah. but I'm really into it. And also I'm into other stuff. Like yeah. I like sport, I like music, yeah. I like fashion and makeup. And But I'm guessing that's why people also liked you from the start as well, was because that, yeah, you do like all games and it's more they're tuning in for that and seeing you enjoy it rather than like, we want to see Els complete this level. <laughs> Like, that's not They'd really there gonna, a while. Like, bring you in because there are so many people who are impossibly good at this stuff. Yeah. Whereas they're tuning tuning in for you. But I'm I guessing, guess it became more of my personality than yeah. Me gaming. Your your angry personality. Me just no, being just... rubbish. No, it is though. It's me just like rage no, that is... in games all the time because I'm terrible. But that is what because I remember like, when I first met you and then like, I was taking a look at your YouTube stuff and it was like your it was it's almost like your thing was like being pissed off but in a funny way but <laughs> the as thing in, is that people think it's an act and i'm genuinely annoyed no but that's also why it's funny because you're like <laughs> playing this thing and you're actually getting annoyed and it's it's obviously funny to just see people yeah. like get annoyed at like just funny silly things do you know what is one of the most frustrating things my whole life imagine you're really annoyed genuinely to your core annoyed about something okay what was that then? Okay, I've got one. And you try and express that to people. Yeah. And then they turn around and be like, you're really funny when you're angry, you know. <laughs> it just makes it that sometimes way, yeah, too, It's very hard to be like, oh, thanks. You I think it's my, I embody like a, a toddler having a tantrum when I'm angry. And I think that's what people find funny. Yeah. Obviously your YouTube since then, I mean, you've, you've branched out now. So you're, I mean, you're, I guess we'll get onto your more presenting stuff anyway. Yeah. But because you've branched out and if it is, feels like it's not, as much of a priority as it was because obviously you're doing more of the presenting stuff, yeah. doing radio stuff. And at what point did you feel like with your YouTube, I've like made it almost or, or like I've reached a certain level now where I'm like, ah, oh, I'm 
this is my thing. Yeah, there's certain different milestones, I guess. Mm. I'm very bad at setting milestones, but in my head, I kind of knew what I wanted to achieve, even mm. before I started YouTube, because I quit my job. I had no money. I was living off of credit cards. Mm. I made a business plan because I needed to get investment to buy all the like pieces the to make a computer because yeah, I made yeah. the computer myself. But yeah, so I had a whole business plan of like, if I start YouTube, this is what I'm going to achieve. And then we managed to obviously do all of yeah. that and more now. But I think there was different stages. So for me, it was the first few months I hit a thousand subscribers. Yeah. I was so happy. Mm. And I managed to find stuff that I like content that I enjoyed creating at first. I think I was trying to imitate other people. Mm. And then it was more like me finding out how can I make my content what I like but also apply to people yeah so with the sims instead of me just playing the sims like I would normally play mm. it I would do things like create Wembley Stadium and okay. I made the Staples Center okay. and I made a, the Love Island Villa and mm. things like that, that so stuff that you'd actually you'd you'd um weave it into like current things as well things so that were during popular. like Love Island yeah yeah, yeah 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 because some people might not play the sims that's clever. yeah yeah that's good. um and I think the second thing and I know I'm, I've I have been in a privileged position I guess mm. and I'll always admit that because I was I had friends that worked in music and yeah. I'd just been living in London for a while so I, I knew people so I could call a few favors in and I know not everyone starting YouTube would be able to do that yeah. but luckily I, I was mm. in that position so I had um, KSI come on the channel quite mm. early sort of three or four months in yeah. and I will always like thank him for that because he didn't yeah. have to do that and yeah, I was a, I'm a small YouTuber like yeah and that's, I just called in a massive favour. That's what I'm like now. Like mm. even with asking people to come on this show, like no one has to, you don't have to come on the show the same mm. as like all of the other guests. Like, it's just this little chat show thing. That's the great like, thing about YouTube, I think. That's the one thing I love is. about the YouTube community. Yeah. Everyone just supports each other. Yeah. Each other. Yeah. And it's not like I'm coming on here and I'm like, what are you going to do for me in return? Mm. It's not, it's like people enjoy other people's content yeah, yeah. and they want to see you win. I think it's also, do you remember back in the day in YouTube, like, I feel like there were loads of rivalries and beef. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, okay, obviously there is now because of like the boxing and uh, like KSI and Jake Paul and all that. All the diss tracks. But Have you seen all the diss tracks and like this YouTuber getting in beef with this YouTuber, you know, over whatever it is. Whereas now I feel like it's far more just no one cares now mm -hmm. because it's like, look, we've been doing this or say we've been doing that I haven't, but like, the YouTube kind of scene has been growing for, for like 10 years, more than 10 years. Now, everyone's past that and it's like, you just, just do what makes you happy. Yeah, and we, I think everyone's seen how much it can help. Mm. Like if Now all these brands are involved, especially with YouTube and stuff. It's like, who can you bring in? What friends can I bring in? And mm. I love that because yeah. whenever I work with friends, they're like, who would you think of as a co-host? And I'm like, okay, cool. I've got all these different yeah, people that, that you can true. bring in. And it, it just makes me happy seeing everyone come up together yeah have you done that with like um with any tv or like youtube shoots where you've managed to actually shoot with like one of your best mates or because even so for me anyway one of my favorite shoots i've ever done it wasn't it was a big shoot but it wasn't like the the biggest shoot but shooting with um lucas aid and with uh, raheem sterling for england but doing it with josh like josh Chantel, who mm -hmm. you know it was just one of the happiest moments because it was so nice like oh, I, this is a job that i love but this is the absolute pinnacle of like this is just with my one of my best mates yeah and we get to like 
film football challenges with Raheem Sterling for England. I'm like, what it's like when you were going when you were young at school. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that you dream of doing. Yeah, it's mad. Playing have you had anything like that yet? I I have because it's weird. I know Harry came on Tea with Timsey before. Mm. So when Thank I was you. plug, watch that by the way. It's a great interview that in one. I, I like Thank that you. one. So he <laughs> he actually came on my radio show mm. when I was working at Rinse before I started YouTube. Wow. So when he was still working in his office. Yeah, because he wasn't because that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, so, so he, he wasn't had even... he had followers. He had about thirty thousand. But not or not not in the like YouTube space. He wasn't Obviously, doing because he was the social media yeah, entertainer, funny. funny guy. Yeah. And I remember saying to someone at the station, I was like, I want to get some comedians or like Instagram comedians yeah. to come on. Like, who could you recommend? Mm. And one of the guys, Eugene, was like Harry Pinero. Yeah. So I reached. I just messaged him. So you've had known him for so, years. Yeah. So he came on my show and he'd never done anything. Yeah. Like, he was, I think he, my show was the first thing that he'd come on. And the, the morning that he came, his Instagram got hacked and someone was holding his Instagram account for ransom and they were DMing me. What? Being like, oh, if you give me a thousand pounds, like I'll give Harry his thing back. So he came on, he was really stressed because oh, <laughs> he sat there Harry. this whole thing. He managed to get it back, obviously. Okay. From him coming on my show, ever mm. since then we've been friends. Yeah. And now when we get to work together, it's yeah, really it's cool because it's like, yeah. I just started. You, that was the first thing that you did, mm. and it's amazing how we've both come up at yeah. relatively the same time. And you know what? It's it's like the if you look at it like really broadly, it's almost like you can trace the steps of people being like doing each other favors and being like friends and and like collaborating. Because then, yeah, as you say, like you get Harry on to this show when even you're just starting out, and then like when you're starting your YouTube. KSI is helping you and mm -hmm. then like I mean KSI has helped obviously loads of people as well but then yeah. like since then you've you've helped me because you know you're on here do you remember no I was gonna say this to you do you remember the the cold night in Birmingham yeah that was that was fun <laughs> so we were up in Birmingham doing five yeah. aside with the Ramadan midnight league yes. shout out to them because they... I mean they do it a, a lot and it was like 1am freezing cold in Birmingham what 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 time of the year was that I should know but, it was later on in the year, yeah, but it, it was, was still it was, cold. It was, yeah, absolutely. And we were sat in the clubhouse and I had those hand warmers because yeah. it was so cold. And you were talking about your YouTube mm. and saying, you're going to start the new, this new series oh. where I sit down with people and have mm. a cup of tea. And here we are. Oh, I know, isn't it? Speaking stuff into existence. Yeah. Or just planning. Yeah, which, 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 which I did as well, yeah. Um, working really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, decently hard. So from YouTube, you then went into... TV, and that's when I met you, I guess, more, uh, I guess so, but like the more presentery type yeah. stuff. How was that when starting out? Because it's a totally different dynamic to, you know, being at home or being in front of camera and talking to with your you, own YouTube yeah. audience. You with know? YouTube, you're just in your room. It's safe. Talking to a camera and you could be, you can show more of your personality mm. because you're just in your own environment. I almost find it a bit harder because I love, obviously I love like talking to people and presenting and I know you love presenting as well and that's what we do right we present we interview footballers mm -hmm. and everything like that but I love like having stuff to bounce off of yeah because I don't know it just gives me so much joy because it's it's something new rather than like I've tried the at-home filming stuff and it's only when I tried it that I realized how hard it is so like even like the, the stuff that you do and stuff that the side men do and it's it seems so easy, like when you're watching it as a fan, oh, you're going like, clip. oh, they're yeah. just, yeah, they're just <laughs> chatting. But then you realise, like, I I tried it, I'm like, yeah, it's fine, but I'm not, this is crap. It, yeah. And then, like, when I'm actually feel like I'm presenting, 
or filming like for someone almost and there's someone else there and like there's just a different dynamic there that's where that's when I feel like so comfortable mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way but... no I, I saw that my channel started growing quicker when I was collaborating with people mm. I like actually doing videos where I'm just in my flat by myself but yeah. what people don't see is so the 10 minute clip that is put on YouTube yeah. that's an hour of filming mm. and those are clipped up all the best energetic bits mm. there's certain parts where I'm there just like You're slumped going, and I've got a headache and I feel sick because yeah. when you've got all the studio lights on you and you're playing a computer game yeah, it gives true. you a headache Intense, yeah. I, I yeah, struggle with it but I did find when I brought people onto my channel and I started interacting with them that people were in more engaged with me mm -hmm. because I think naturally when you're around someone you're more of your personality comes out for sure yeah especially people you're comfortable with yeah so then translating that to presenting how was that for you because you're then sharing uh, the screen and you know interviewing people that you've never met before mm -hmm. so how did you find that was it a bit rough at the start or were you like yeah. i think it's hit and miss mm. all the time because i had done the radio show before i got quite oh, yeah, used, so to, used to it do you know what and i've I always thought this before I went to boarding school when I was 11 mm. I was really shy like whole of primary school I was so shy I mm. had friends but if it was anyone else that I didn't know like I wouldn't talk when I went to boarding school I knew I've got to, I've got to talk to people otherwise I'm not going to make friends okay, yeah. so I think by growing up in a boarding school environment I met loads of different personalities loads of different people and I learned how to find common ground mm. and that's something that I take to me so if you're going to okay. sit down with a footballer who you've never met before of course, yeah. I would just start, talk, start talking about something random in the yeah. room like oh I, I love these biscuits like and people like bit like I always use biscuits as an example like flavors yeah. of crisps so mm. anything that we most of us have eaten crisps before yeah, in our life yeah. it's just a silly piece of conversation that mm. has nothing to do with what you're about to talk about but it just makes them seem more human yeah and you seem more human and i think sure. just breaks the ice a little bit it does because i guess it i always say like it, it's really important anyway even if it's just a few minutes beforehand just to get to know them a little bit and say hello rather than going in cold and be like that's like even with like the zoom interviews i've hated just because you log <laughs> in from doing and then like, obviously we're grateful that we had work still during lockdown yeah. but it made the i guess the art of presenting or interviewing just a bit dull because you just turn up and it's like right we're recording they're going to come on the zoom call and you just got to start because you've got 10 minutes and, it and the made signal's it bad yeah it's everything about it is just like so it just makes it so much more difficult to like get an actual genuine like rapport with mm -hmm. whereas suddenly when you're in person like when we do like motdx or interview footballers a few minutes before to actually get to chat to them and like joke about and then you're like right and then I always like explaining like what's going to what happen, we're gonna do. even though they all know, right, we're going to interview, but even just explaining to them, like, mate, we're going to be 10 minutes. We're just going to ask this and this, this, and then just say whatever you want. I'm always like, yeah, always, super chilled. Yeah. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> yeah. You're going, it's super chilled, by the way. I've got a whole list of stuff that I have to ask yeah. you. Nowadays, obviously you've been doing that now for a few years now, right? So my first ever presenting job was for the FIFA E World Cup in 2018. Nice. And it was on stage at the O2 and I'd never presented Actually, that's before. Mad. And for I had a first an in -ear. job. Yeah, so people were talking in my ear. It was busy, but it wasn't like online is mm. where most people watch this. Mm. And it was one minute on stage and when they asked me to do it cuz this was still quite early on in me doing YouTube, I've been doing it for about 6 months I think. My manager was like 
you could either say, I'm not experienced, I'm not going to do it, I've never done this before, or you could pretend that you know what you're doing and just do it. What did you go for? Obviously, I just, I li- I'm, I'm the type of person, I like a challenge. Mm, mm. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to just see where it takes me. It could go horribly wrong. But you sort of have to. It's yeah. like, what have I got to lose? With what we do and where you've given up so much, quit your job. Mm. I, I, I'm terrified of failing. Mm. So for me to even break out of my comfort zone and quit my job I had to make it work so mm. I was like okay I'm gonna do it terrified me backstage in the O2 I was staring at a wall just just going over the same thing 60 seconds worth of dialogue and they're like right and there's all these people talking in my ear and I was like oh, I can hear myself talking that is difficult though I know and the the way I started that segment I was walking out you know like in award shows and stuff they come mm. out like behind the stage I was doing that and the camera was right in front of me so where it was so right in front a, of me I just walk yeah, I was well. walking. I was I was all over the, the stage as well. Like there was different places I had to be, but the way the camera was was exactly how it was in my room when I recorded my YouTube videos. Oh, nice. So I didn't look in the crowd. I just looked straight down the lens and I just said what I needed to do. Sixty Shit. seconds, and it went really well. Yeah. And there was someone from the show that I do with the Premier League called Uncut. They were in the crowd and they were, this is when they were just making up the concepts for Uncut. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd seen me before uh, just on my YouTube channel because mm-hmm. I've been paying a bit of FIFA or trying to. Mm. Um, and a few days later, he emailed and was like, we want you to come Sick. in for a screen for a screen test. And then Sick. a week later, I did the first Premier League show. And there you go. And you're still doing that to, today? Yeah, I'm still doing that today. And that sort of opened up that whole world of, of football. football yeah. Uh, because I've always been quite transparent in the fact that I obviously did Ipswich Town football mm. training when I was little. And my dad used to take me to Norwich games when I was younger. Mm. Um, so I've always been in and around football, but I've nev- I was never the most knowledgeable yeah. at all. So I've always been very transparent about that. So for the past two, three years, it'll be three years soon. I've just been learning, yeah, yeah. falling in love with the sport. Yeah. And it's like that the whole that whole trajectory i would when i started youtube and i made that investment plan of what i wanted to achieve that is that's so much more than what i could have ever imagined yeah so, sick. so then over the last few years of you do obviously become more uh, comfortable on camera mm-hmm. and it's just like repetitions in it another shoot another shoot and then after a few months you're going like okay this is fine now like i know what i'm doing yeah um what are the few things that you've like learned when it comes to presenting and maybe stuff that you you didn't quite expect that you kind of experienced there's so much that goes into presenting especially those live shows Mm. where you have an in-ear and you have to talk to a camera and the main one is being in a football stadium where there's all these fans or like Mm. different variables really which I when you're just a person watching tv at home I don't think you realize how hard it is Mm. to know what you're talking about Fill gaps if you're by yourself yeah. and talk whilst listening to people in your ear that are talking to you and hearing your own voice back. Yeah. And just trying to be in, like, have a normal conversation. Yeah, trying to be personable. Yeah. Trying to be, yeah. There's so many different things. And it was just before Christmas when we announced that I was uh, starting the Man City job. Thank Man City you. match day uh, presenter, by the way. Yeah. So newly announced. That's great. Congrats. Um, when we announced that, it was around the time, and I also was doing something for the Women's Champions League at mm-hmm. Arsenal. Yeah. And I just checked my DMs, which I, I checked my DMs, which it, I shouldn't have done because I, I've actually stopped checking my DMs Why? in general because I don't. I, oh, because of some, negativity. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I think maybe it's because I can take it. I yeah, guess yeah. I just have always been prone to like having negative DMs. Cool, whatever. I'm used to it. But that I was 
at Arsenal, we were getting ready to do it and I checked my DMs and so I'd announced Man City the day before yeah. and then I just put a post up saying I'm part of hosting uh, for DAZN, the UEFA yeah. Women's Champions League yeah. and I got a really long essay from someone and it was just one of those things, you know when it just, it, it affects you some, it didn't yeah. really for long because then I just flipped my mindset but mm-hmm. they had a point and it was, they said, I don't know how you've managed to swindle your way into this job there are so many other women that know loads about oh, football what? who should be in that position. And for sort of like five minutes, I felt really bad because they do have a point you, you, in you that. You felt guilty almost. I felt guilty because they are true in the fact that it's only been sort of three years since I've been in this industry and I've worked my ass off to, yeah. to, to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's my yeah, worst sure. fear is like... And being good at your job, being good at presenting. Yeah, and... Um, I've really like genuinely fallen in love with the sport and I've very been very transparent about that but obviously I did feel guilty and I was like they have a point even though they're trolling me they yeah that's ob- they're doing that for a reason yeah so. but then uh, I flipped like five minutes later I was like do you know what actually they might have a point but the amount of work it takes yeah I could know everything about football but I'm, when a camera's on me in a stadium full of people and I've got all these distractions going on yeah, not yeah. everyone is able to do that um, so yeah, there may be people that do know everything and they mm. live and breathe football, mm. but they might not be able to do what I do. Yeah, there for obviously sure. is people that can do that. And yeah. there's so many incredible women, but that's kind of how I... Yeah, well, it's good, it's good that, it. yeah, obviously it, it's difficult to, I guess, to ignore those sorts of messages, but you also shouldn't feel guilty for like progressing and for, for developing and like actually being rewarded for your hard work. Mm. Like that's so unfair to get yeah like i guess it's, it's one of those like things that. that happens with everyone though mm. it's it's that this the typical underdog story is everyone wants the underdog to win mm. and then when they do win it's like oh you yeah. shouldn't be in that position yeah yeah have you got that a lot over the i mean i know youtube's a, like a wild place mm-hmm. um especially a few years before as well i guess the further you go back the wilder youtube is yeah were you getting kind of affected by or did you get any negative messages and, and DMs and stuff I like get, back in the day or you still get them now I get them I, for some reason I just always get them but I think it's either because I I like making an example of because I know I see I see you like screenshotting <laughs> stuff as well yeah and then people will be like don't even give them the time of day and I'm like I get that but at the same time I like to teach people like, a lesson yeah, like don't yeah, be yeah. rude yeah does it affect you as much today as it did I don't think so okay. as much because yeah. I just try not to check my DMs as much. Mm. But I think because I'm a bit older that yeah, it doesn't, you're sort of if above I was above it almost, yeah, if, I guess. I wouldn't say above it, but I think I've just learned through life. And I think when I hit about 28, I just stopped caring as much, mm. like to please other people. Yeah. I think it's just a thing of life experiences and maturity, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I was 18, 19, I would probably be really upset, mm. which is why I feel really bad for the generation that are coming up just on social media. Yeah, because, yeah. Like, it's when, brutal it's place. Brutal. Man, yeah. I, I can even imagine being at high school now and having to get all these followers online because mm. that's how I imagine it would be is yeah. the popular kids have followers and that yeah it's the pop is literally oh, scary especially now like because kids nowadays like even like my my family friends and they're like say 16 or 17 or 18 and I ask them like oh, so what do you actually use nowadays like some of them say they have, don't really use whatsapp we just talk on snapchat like what <laughs> how are you but it just it made me realize like that social media is so different for so many different people yeah with our generation there's there's almost like we know there's 
there's a disconnect between us and like social media. We can disconnect almost. Because we knew Because we grew up before it and we know like this is a thing that we can kind of separate ourselves yeah. from if we want to. Whereas it's now so, um, like the, the younger generations now are just so, they literally, they are native to it. It must be so hard for them to... Separate it. Yeah, and just escape from... Yeah. I so think... then when you do get negative stuff, it must be so much harder to exactly. deal with. And I think that my audience is young, so mm. generally sort of 16 to 24. Yeah, that's mine. And yeah. I think that when they see someone that does YouTube or like... I want to say public figure. I hate that, but like no, but content so, yeah, creator yeah, yeah, or someone yeah. that has a platform online, they don't separate the individual outside of that. Mm. So they literally see everything that you put online as face value. Yeah, and things like views and subscribers and who you're friends with really matter to them. So where I've been doing more presenting now, and I don't have as much time to do the YouTube, mm. which I'm trying to fix. Like I'm going to get. a group of people to help me because oh, I production. don't want to lose that. Yeah, Sick. I really love YouTube. But where they see it's like, oh, you're not you only got your views because of this you the side men and yeah. things like that, which probably is true to be fair. But <laughs> it is true. Like but I still worked hard. Yeah, of course. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still working hard. I Both can be true. Fallen off yeah. or like my channel's not fallen off. I'm just busy with other things mm. and I'm still doing well in myself i just don't people just want to see what they want to see yeah of people course. have tunnel vision and if it doesn't fit their narrative then mm, yeah yeah but um i think during lockdown in particular was the worst part of like lockdown was that people were bored at home yeah and they, they just needed stimulation somehow oh, i'm so happy that we've sort of moved past that now because there yeah. was a time and i didn't even want to go online or upload my stories yeah, that's because if I was outside, they're like, "Why aren't you wearing a mask?" I'm like, "I'm in a park it, that, that is, by myself." <laughs> that is messed up as well. Because so, oh, I'd love to know this as well. Have you changed your behaviour, or kind of like the way you, especially the things you put across, because you know there are a lot of eyes on you. It's so hard to show your true personality mm. without being um like I find it's not even uh, the the followers where you work in football or where mm. you work with brands that's mm. my main concern is i don't okay. want to do something that that would endanger your career almost. yeah and yeah. i it's so ingrained in my mind that whereas when i first started i just have more fun and i yeah. would put up stuff and now it's like okay i want to post this photo where i'm dressed up because i'm like i love dressing up mm. and going out and wearing like tight clothing like and just being like girly yeah. like mm. how i would be but now in the back of my mind i'm like is this inappropriate Can so your your priority now oh, not priority but further towards the front of your head is considering you know i guess work and that impression yeah compared to if people that follow me care it's more like what uh what am i like giving off towards my career I and guess. my image rather than like if my followers like me or not i don't know I think there's two sides to it. Obviously, I want my followers to like Yeah, me. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, and of I course. do stuff all the time that is just me, my flat. That's why I would try and more of the content that I put out is just relatable stuff. Mm -hmm. Like just me chilling yeah. and just striking I'm still up. a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. You see all the bling and the, the traveling, but yeah. <laughs> I still eat a biscuit. Yeah, exactly. Know. Like I love doing what I do and mm. I love connecting with people that follow me. But I made a business plan to get investment For to sure. do this. Like, yeah. I'm business minded. So yeah. in the back of my mind, yeah, I do 
I wouldn't say prioritize it, but it's a big, but it's a big consideration, part yeah. because I, I, my Instagram and all my social media is my business. Mm. So it's kind of like a CV, I guess, but also um, I'm, I'm in two minds because I, I want to be all professional and please people. But then I'm like, I should be able to wear what I want and go yeah. out and do what I want and have fun. I'm a young female, yeah. single. I, I'm always, I say almost jealous of people who aren't reliant on anyone but themselves because they can just be themselves. And it's, it's obviously a brave thing to do because mm-hmm. um, you're kind of, I guess you, you're exposed and you can be criticized. But also there's like, yeah, there's a freedom to it. Yeah, I, that's why I don't want to give up my YouTube because I yeah. like that I've had, I have this platform by myself that it's I have built pla- yeah. mine and it's mine and no one can take it away from me. Mm. And it's quite powerful, I yeah. think, to have your own brand. Yeah, Because sometimes I think where there's so many brands involved now, especially with online content creation, mm. you can get sucked in and that's all you're doing is yeah. brands, 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 yeah. brands. And then you neglect the reason why you're doing what you do, which is what I don't want to do. So one yeah. of my things is I need to hire a team and just a control freak. Nice. <laughs> so is that is that something this year? Is that like one of your things yeah, you planned I need to is get, I proper production? Production. I've got a camera guy now. And I need to get like a, a social media person mm. that can just, I don't have, to, I don't want to be on you TikTok You want someone to control time. your social no, media? No, no. Just give me ideas. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say. <laughs> because I, with TikTok, I yeah. first, I, try and stay off that app because if i click on it four not... hours will go past and i just have learned loads of random knowledge the algorithms got us man because really I, I i didn't think i was for for the longest time i remember josh right so we'd be chilling and josh would just be on insta reels just going like that and going flicking flicking like that and then same with TikTok. yeah go like, mate why are you like come on you this it's just stupid little videos now i was i'm live by myself since october now like i'm just going this is sick you know <laughs> so, so many, many life hacks it's just you get life hacks i don't get that in my algorithm oh, i saw this video the other day golf swings. fascinating oh <laughs> our algorithm is very different so i keep getting loads of these really cool like at home gadgets mm. so this one girl has like a she didn't have a dishwasher so she bought like a small one off amazon and you pour like water in the top and it's like a dishwasher and then there's like, like steamers fit into your sink or something or... yeah you feed it into the sink and then there's all these things where you can organize your cutlery drawers and things <laughs> we're showing our age here aren't we? yeah oh, god that sounds amazing it's really cool yeah <laughs> so that's my and i also subscribed and well, followed this girl that was trying to hatch eggs from waitrose so she bought just some chicken eggs you can do it and she know? no they were she you they can. were they were like forming yeah. And then accidentally like fell off the shelf. and. Oh, it. no. But yeah, I was really invested in that. But you know, I found that mad. You can, uh, you can just buy, I, th- I don't if know if it's like all them, of them, but if you incubate them, them like yeah. you can just grow chickens. She was growing a chicken. Also from YouTube, there was one thing I wanted to know about. So obviously a really big video that you're on that obviously went viral. Everyone knows like the Sam, the, the Sidemen, is it with the Sidemen Tinder thing? Yeah. Yeah. Do you not like talking about that? Say what it is. No, it's fine. I don't okay. mind. So the whole pancake ass thing, right? Right. But, okay. No, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay fine. Yeah. Um, but that Sidemen video, which obviously went, were you happy you did that yeah. as a video? Yeah. So when I, um, KSI asked me to do it, I was like, okay, cool. Because I knew that it would, well, I didn't know, but like I hoped that it would help build my profile. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I did it and then I think I just got lucky that Stephen tries decided yeah, to call me it. pancake ass. 
But in his defense, he actually messaged me straight afterwards because you know, he'd said to, they all have their lines, yeah. but they all have like specific lines. And I think he'd said to the guys beforehand, this is my, this is the most brutal one. Which of these girls is going to be able to take it? And they were like, oh, fair. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I literally went out. I was cussing like all of them. Yeah. So he just did it to me. And then he messaged me afterwards. And he was like, no, like, honestly, I asked the guys and they said that you'd be the right girl yeah. to say it to. And then it went viral. Yeah. So obviously it's kind of annoying sometimes if you're like, oh, pancake. Yeah. I still get people to this day. Anytime I upload a photo and I actually don't put photos up like of my bum. Mm. Like, Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> But anytime, I should, I got a cute little bum. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> um, I still get people message or reply being like, you're still a pancake. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> do you notice when you do some stuff compared to other stuff, there's like a swell or like a dearth of um, like negativity or like even positivity, you know, if there's any correlations with like work that you do and the sort of comments you receive? Yeah, I think when, what I try and do is I like having moments. I love having a moment where I could like reflect or I've got something to announce. Yeah. That's why I'm always like, announcement. And when I do, it's always something big. Like mm. I don't like it when people are like, I've got an announcement and there's something just not big. <laughs> I can't hate on people's announcements. No, no, everyone's like things different. But I'm joking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So I know, I'm like, know, okay, I've got a milestone. Yeah. So I try and make it really sentimental mm. and like tie it back to my journey and things sure. like that. So whenever I do that, I get really like good engagement, I guess, positive. Mm. Um, and then I think if I like anything to do with the side men or like collaboration you're always going to get a mixed opinion for sure but that's natural because you're getting a way bigger audience of course, so you're yeah. going to be more prone to yeah and positivity as well yeah sometimes youtube's not all horrible i think we always tend to focus on negativity because yeah, for some hard. reason it just sticks it's hard to ignore but it's like you could get one negative message and a thousand positives and then yeah. you will just focus on the negative and it is also i feel like nowadays because there's such a strong sentiment of like you can't offend anyone and it's, it just means everyone's so ready to try and cancel everyone. If I invest my time into that, then I then start getting worried. I'm like, oh my God, what mm. this could happen to me. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think everyone's out. It feels like everyone's out to get people. Mm. If you're someone, then they're like, going to try and take you down somehow. Does that make you uh, think it was maybe like a good decision to try and do like, yeah, I guess more like presenty? Um, working for other people's stuff rather than like your own YouTube or is that not really I a think consideration? It, I don't I think it, maybe subconsciously I've moved more towards the presenting stuff mm. because I don't think that I'm going to want to be in my 30s on YouTube yeah. like or 40s or yeah 50s. exactly so I think subconsciously maybe, wrong about that. if I'm thinking long term yeah that's probably the route that I was taking what, what is your long term what's your say uh, yeah, you just you're like, plan? oh my god, I'm so bad at goals. You do, do you have a five? No, you don't have. I, I don't can't wing it. If you plan. ask me, I was I was in a nine to five five years ago. Less than five years ago. Less than five years ago. True, but do you have like, okay, maybe not a, a plan, but do you have some aims and objectives that you want to? I want. I would like to have a TV show of some yeah, sort. Yeah, me too. I'm just trying to play with ideas. It's really hard, but nice. I would. I always wanted to be on the gadget show. Like, or present on the gadget the show. The gadget show was lit. That oh, was one of my things. Robot Wars still... would be. King I talk about robots all the time. Do you remember the ladybird? Yes. And what was the other one? Matilda. Matilda. Fucking machine. I loved, honestly, robot wars. And then you just get the odd robots where all they do is flip upside down. They go, and they get stuck upside down. Yeah. It's like, mm. Push them in the fire pit. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, robot wars was... Robot wars. I swear TV shows back in the day were better on the whole. Maybe yeah. they're just a bit more iconic and a bit nostalgic. 
But well, I think TV was more of a thing, wasn't it? Because we yeah, only could watch TV. True. Yeah. There maybe. was this game actually, this game show. I can't. I can always forget it. It was on Sky, and me and my sister would used to watch it. And there was two guys that presented it, and they used to basically just play all the new games that were coming out. And it was on Sky. What, and there was like when a we games kids? guru. Yeah, and there was a guy. There was a games oh, guru. Oh. And the two guys were the hosts, and they games used to, guru. I always forget the name yeah. of the show. No. I'm going to Google it. Was it like Exchange or something? I know Exchange was obviously um, a thing, which was great. Gaming show Sky. And basically me and my sister. Out on the show. That's, sorry, I'm I just need to do Because um, it will eat me up inside if I can't yeah, yeah, make yeah, it. True. And me and my sister would watch it when I was sort of, I was eight. She's four years older. So she's a bit older. Mm. And we were like, mum, we want to be games testers when we're older. And that was my job. That is elite. I wanted to be a games tester. Yeah. And now I'm on YouTube and I get to play like all yeah. these new games straight away. Gamesville. 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 Yeah, that's the one. Gamesville. That's what I love as well. Like when you were a kid and you just say those things so innocently, like, I just want to be a games tester when I'm older. You I can actually do coolest, that now. Yeah, it was the coolest job ever. Like, I wanted to be a pop star or a games tester. Yeah, yeah. That was sick. I'm too old to be a pop star now. No, you still. You're I actually still. get stage fright. I could present all day. Get me to try and sing? No. You know what's weird is that a lot of people say that to me as well. Like people. So our thing, right? So our version of stage fright would be presenting and you know forgetting lines and just being scared mm. and not being able to do our job effectively right so Dermot Kennedy who's um a big I don't know if you know him but he's a Irish artist singer like okay, big no, like big 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 time a few months before Christmas we played a five-side tournament with him because it was through this thing in Shoreditch just like a charity five-a-side game and really good player by the way because he was at Soccer Aid which I'll talk to you about in a sec um but <clears throat> afterwards I had to host a um, Q and A, a live Q and A, and I did it. Obviously, it was like totally sweet. It was an hour long. Mm -hmm. You just stand up with the mic, just got a few questions, and then take questions from the audience. Like it's it's easy now. Three four years ago, I might have been a bit nervous, but I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And then spoke to Dermot afterwards. And he's like, mate, how do you do that? I'm like, what do you mean? You perform in front of like two hundred thousand people. Yeah. Singing. Where you have to hit notes and stuff. <laughs> I'm just like really hard. asking questions. <laughs> and if I forget, I'll be like, anyone from the audience want to ask a question? But it's weird that people, I would think like, especially his level of success and how big he is, that wouldn't come into his brain. But obviously it just does for different people, but yeah. in, in a different way. It's mad. I Do you always, still get it? I like the nerves. You know, like that adrenaline. You get the, you get the yeah, rush the, in the, it. The rush, I like it. It distracts me from yeah. anything else in life. That's why live stuff, I think, is really good. I love live yeah. filming. Like, if it online or TV, something about live, I buzz. Yeah, I'm like, it's fight, fight or flight. Yeah, it. yeah. It's just either going to go well or not. Because that's <laughs> the thing, because, like, obviously, MOTDX, like, I, I love. Yeah. Because it's, it's a BBC football show with Jermaine Genius, so it's, it's going to be great. But then I, f I find, yeah, any sort of, like, live broadcast is always... Because it, I think it is nervier because mm -hmm. you know there's no retake here where you have 15 minutes or whatever and it's this is it yeah but you just get that feeling of like oh this is fucking this is yeah proper. you get the adrenaline yeah and it's like for some reason some something kicks in mm. and you just talk yeah it's like you know it's, i don't know if you've ever done this but i'll try and if i get a brief or anything like i'll just go over the intro and stuff at home mm. like okay this is roughly what i'll say and i'm rubbish like i kind of i can't get the words out but then true. for some reason when i'm live i'll just do it but that is but i think that is important though because you are obviously you have to obviously everyone rehearses lines mm -hmm. and stuff but even if you think it's not sinking in it in a weird way subconsciously does yeah the thing i found uh, genuinely that uh, has helped me 
is say you've got to shoot the next day. It's easy to like say turn up on the morning or on the cab on the way there, whatever. You can rehearse your lines or rehearse your answers, or and that's fine. But what's really helped me is doing it the day before or the night before. Just even spending fifteen minutes just reading through, and like, I might say this, or, or I'll have one or two lines that I know, and then like I don't know why, but sleeping on it really, really helps. Yeah, I think that's what like Matthew Walker, who's this like sleeping genius, so it's like it's really good for um, sleeping. Like it's almost like it saves it, it like downloads it, boom, well, stores do... it in your brain, and then it, it means it's so much more accessible than yeah, like the next marinates. day. So. I used to do that. I still do that. I talk to the wall. No, the wall's you my talk friend. to the wall. Is that your the wall technique? has always been my friend. Even with, before <laughs> how, I used to how go. How close to the wall do you go? Sometimes I like, like lie on the bed, and I'll just, or the, it could be the ceiling or the wall. Yeah. But like, I'll pretend the wall's a person. Yeah. But when I used to go to job interviews, I would rehearse all of the, the questions and stuff the night before, and, I, and I'd just be talking to yeah, the nice. wall and be like, yeah, so that, this is what I love doing. And if anyone was a fly on the wall, they'd be like, what on yeah, earth is going on here? Crazy person. But I think the more you talk through it, do you want my piece of advice? Yes, please, please do. My piece of advice that I've learned is uh, imposter syndrome. Everyone has imposter syndrome. Every single everyone. person, because they they either, and this is something that I, does everyone in the You're room have frauds. it? Yeah. You're all frauds. I even did a shoot the other day and I was like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. And that's the first time in a while I've really felt like that. And even someone was like, you're quite quiet today. And I yeah. was like, but I, I'm, tr I'm still trying to figure out, because I get that as well, the imposter yeah. syndrome thing. But I don't know if it's because... It's that feeling of I don't deserve to be because, as you said before, when you're like, "Oh no, I've worked really hard for this," I know I deserve, hopefully, things that that we do, right? Yeah. But it's more like an almost sense of like disbelief. It's like I can't believe I'm actually. Yeah. Doing how this. did I? I think it's more this? that for me rather than mm -hmm. like I don't deserve this. Like, well, ever, all of us who do different things, like we all worked hard enough. Like we deserve yeah. it in different ways. But it's more that sense i don't know it's like an out of body sort of like this is bad. just question yourself yeah but the piece of advice is everyone has imposter syndrome yeah and you're there for a re you're always there for a reason mm. and it might not be the same reason as someone else yeah but you're there and you deserve to be there so don't nice. question yourself that's great oh i'm gonna have to wrap up then isn't it? oh we don't have a long left sorry else we're on a roll so, then i apologize it's been really great you know? um, but i know socrate is that still a thing for I, you i still one of my jokey goals okay nice i'm still i had a still break in the youtube series i've bit. actually i've got two coming up which okay are nice, be really nice, cool, nice. So. if you if ever you do want you know another helping hand you little coach you were a big help thank actually. you yeah. i actually really enjoyed that that was a funny video and i have improved okay Gen my dribbling Gen i've seen you at Toka social i know you've been mm -hmm. pinging balls yeah um but yeah sorry we have to wrap up so quick so i mean I that flew by so i don't know what happened there but everyone thank you so much els thank you so much for, for joining for, for sharing your wisdom and your expertise. I hope you enjoyed the tea. Oh, it was lovely. Um, uh, anything else you want to plug quickly? Just me, Els the Witch. Yeah. Plug, plug <laughs> I'm yourself, bad. Els I the forget Witch. everything that's going on, but Follow I'll just be about YouTube, you know. smashing it. She's on MOTDX with me. She's a Premier League Uncut. She's got a radio show on Kiss. I'm better than you at doing this. And anything else? Man City, E Premier and League. Man City, E Premier League, and hopefully Soccer Aid next time. So, everyone, thank you so much. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next week, no, two weeks uh, for another episode. But in the meantime, like, share, subscribe to the channel, listen to it on audio as well if you want. And we'll see you next time. Love.